Lomo Media needs you. We want you. The only good YouTuber is a dead YouTuber. I probably shouldn't say that. That's probably not a thing that I'm allowed to say. I don't know if we'll get demonetized for that. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's a bit. It's a joke. Everybody chill. Like and subscribe. Uh, welcome to At The Movies, where we're talking about the 1997 film. We're moved up into the 90s, finally, after 15 episodes. We're finally here. Starship Troopers, baby. Starship Troopers, a movie that, for some reason, I picked uh, for us to talk about when I could have picked probably something else. But, hey, we're here, and we're in this episode. Is this really episode five of season two? Are we that deep into season two already? I think it's episode we start four. Well, we started with RoboCop. And then Blood Simple, then WNUF, then Raising Arizona. This is episode five. Yeah, I was right. Wow, we were right. We're half. Us. We're halfway through. That's crazy. Yeah, we're I guess the first season feels longer because we we watched movies before we started recording the show. You know, but it's crazy that we're halfway through our season through our two season. is halfway done or just halfway started. However you want to look at life, it's up to you. If we were watching Starship Troopers, if season two was Starship Troopers, we would be we would be halfway into the film, uh, which would be about an hour and three minutes. We would still be <laughs> trying to figure out the actual love relationship between not myself and Aaron for the last 15 episodes to finally <laughs> to finally be able to get to the actual storyline. And while you're here to watch this and you'd be like, wait, and then we would completely change what was happening to go into nothing but action, baby. Nothing but action. Nothing but action. Yeah, so as Jimmy said, today we are talking the uh, the Paul Verhoeven film, the 1997 Starship Troopers. Uh, a movie that I think we both, based on our discussion, I think we both saw this relatively young. Yeah. What's your What's your personal history with uh, with Starship Troopers? So I saw it as a kid. So in 1997, I would have been five or six, depending on how things rolled out um but yeah i i remember seeing it as a kid and i just remember it being an action movie i think i watched it with my dad i remember it was on vhs tape i remember having the vhs tape i said that about robocop too and That's i was cool. pretty sure i watched it with my dad and he laughed a lot during it i think i remember and i was just there for, there for the action and then watching it as an adult, it's a completely different movie. And that's not something that you get to experience because, like, you get that, like, child memory of it. And then for, what, now that'd be 24 years since I've seen right. it. If I watched it well, when I was six, 24 years later, this is a completely different movie to me. It doesn't even, like, like uh, the memory of watching it as a child is almost like a race now. It's gone. That, like, that, like nice, naive Oh, it's a good, it just, it's ruined. This movie ruined a perfectly good childhood memory. <laughs> and, now I, yeah, and now I just have the adult memory of Starship Troopers and I hate it. I want to go back I to when I, I was a kid. I think I've seen this, like, I think this was probably the third time I've seen this. And I would agree. First time I saw it, I was too young to pick up on, like, the satire at all. I yeah. just thought it was, like, almost like a, I just almost kind of viewed it as, like, a, oh, there's, like, some comedy you know, like, oh, the kids are, like, stomping on cockroaches. Like, it's kind of funny. And, you know, um, oh, there's a porch cat outside. Wish I could show the folks at home there is a porch cat outside. Nice. Um, 
I yeah. So I thought it was kind of just like an action sci-fi action movie with comedy, like you said. I remember specifically watching, picking it up, like if somebody was showing it on TV, which it must have been edited because this movie is fairly violent. For yeah, it's a, extremely uh, gory once you go into for, it. Yeah, for like not a horror movie, which is kind of surprising. Um, but I remember the soldier being picked up by one of the flying bugs and carried to his nest, and then they execute him long distance so that he doesn't suffer um and in my mind what i remember is the thing picking him up and like tearing his body apart which doesn't happen but that's probably because there are limbs flying everywhere in this movie mm-hmm. um not hard to conflate yeah. <laughs> two different scenes where especially people are getting, like, like especially when those like flying bugs come over when they're uh, defending that base and it's like a razor just cutting off the heads that bug comes flying it's like and you just see the heads like all fall off. I was like, what the hell is happening? And I'm like, I watched this as a kid. Right. You... Right. It's yeah. Like, it's what? even everything, the impalements, like the, every, all of it. It's so bloody. Then I think I, so I did see it as a teenager. I had the luxury of this because I think that if I didn't see it a second time, like when I was starting to understand satire, then I would also have watched this and been like, this is <laughs> not the movie that I remember. Yeah. That's what I, happened to I me. Do, I do start to kind of remember, um, you know, the only good bug is a dead bug and all of this uh, propaganda throughout the film. Do you want Um, to know more, Aaron? Would you like to know more? Do you (laughs) want to know more? Would you want to know more? Click, click, click. click. I I would like to know more. Um, I would like to. So the first thing I guess I'd like to point out is this is the first Verhoeven film we've watched since Robocop. And you can draw a thick black line from the commercials in Robocop to the propaganda like the way the movie this movie opens and then also throughout the film sporadically they have these uh commercials i guess uh yeah, like they are web commercials. Ads. They're, they're like web like, they're like web they're like, commercials kind of right news updates um uh that explain the war with bugs and then there's also some like classic verhoven stuff that's just like the future is crazy and out of control. They're like televised execution at 6 p.m. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Um, so you can definitely see our opinion about the movie aside, which I think is maybe a little mixed now. And I do want to get into. I do like that you can tell for sure that this is a Paul Verhoeven movie. 100%. It's got his stamp on it from those web ads to the way the future looks. Just. The way that, I mean, just from a technical aspect, you can definitely see this is a Verhoeven film, 100%. So my my biggest, this isn't even a criticism, but I think that this is something that I felt that I think, I don't know if you would agree with this or not too, but I know the weirdest thing about this movie to me is that the first half and the second half feel like completely different films. Um, they they could have easily have been like standalone films. The second part of this film could have been Starship Troopers too, right? And I think that if you cut, so we talked about this. Basically, the the biggest weakness of the film for sure is that like none of the characters are really likable. None of the relationships you care about. Nope. So if you if you cut that part out of the first half of the movie and you just focus on the satire, and then the second part of the movie you cut maybe like. 20 minutes of combat because the combat stuff's pretty good there's a lot of really cool stuff going on but it's like 
the movie's just way too long. It's yeah. two hours and six minutes. It really needed it to be trimmed to down a hundred percent. And it makes me wonder because normally when you go into production, the script's always longer than what the film comes out to be. So I'm just wondering like how much more was added until they like leaned out the script. For sure. Like that's just, sure. I'm and like I, thinking, I'm like, holy, was there more? And I, uh, to your point earlier, the reason, the main reason why I think it doesn't work like this, when you build these character, uh, these character arcs, they're only successful if the audience or the viewer likes the character. They're like, they only care about the character, like other motivation or backstory if they actually feel invested in them. And throughout the film, I didn't feel invested in anybody with the exception of a little bit of Dizzy. She kind of seems to be like the redeeming character throughout this because Rico is a terrible person. He has like the wrong motives to do everything in life. Carmen is just that like girl. You just, she's just something wrong about her. Just the way that she thinks about like life and just ready to just spit out everybody. And like, I don't care about you now at Rico. I got what I want. And throughout the film, you can kind of see her like, she's always looking for the next best thing because if Rico didn't win out of that football game, then she would have went with the other guy. Cause it, would, it right. was just like, and it was that whole thing of like, Oh, well this is better. So I'm taking it. Oh, well this is better. I'm taking it. And you're just like, I was like, I don't like this at all. I think they do a good job. And like, I do have to think partially like how much of this is maybe put like, uh, maybe intentional based on the fact that like, they have gathered the most punchable male faces on earth for this film. And you, what you said, you, there was a part where when they initially land on the bug planet and it's nighttime, they're, they're fighting. Oh yeah. You were like, I can't tell who is who. Yeah. And I, I had was no like, idea. it's, it is hard. It's hard to tell. And, and I was, part of me was like, there is something to be said about the fact that like the whole, what the movie is saying is that like the military just views young bodies as all the same, like no face, no name, just they're young bodies for yeah. the fight. I couldn't, I was and like, so I don't like, know who's, who's even fighting right now. I was like, who is this? Right. I don't think it's intentional, but I think it, in a weird way that that kind of works for me. Um, there's a couple of things in this movie that I don't think are intentional that, that kind of work. I just looked up something interesting because the, the big, so the big satire in this movie, like the, the thing that it pokes fun at so much is like, again like the military uh and how they view young people and war i mean obviously it's like a critique on war um there's a part in the beginning where the dad who is a very hammy actor <laughs> that was not good uh but he has a, he has a pretty good line that i honestly agree with and it's something a lot of people talk about i don't think it's too controversial but uh he says something about like it should be illegal for them to go into schools and pluck kids out of you know classes for recruitment and I kind of agree with that. I kind of think that those, I kind of think that the, that's a big topic of conversation is that a lot of times kids are pulled in and it's interesting that this movie was made in 97 and some, then there were still, there was still a thought process like that, that existed that, I, you know, they, they go in, they pluck these kids out of uh, maybe not the best circumstances and they promise them, you know, free tuition or they promise them um, whatever it is that they need at the time in exchange for their life. And they maybe don't view it as the fact that they are giving up their life for X amount of years and anything could happen. You know, this actually brought back a memory that I didn't even not remember. But when I I was younger, I think it was like maybe 10th grade or something. There was like some career fair at the high school. And I just happened to talk to like the air force people because when I was younger, 
Like, I always wanted, wanted to be a pilot. I never wanted to join the military at all, even though most of my family ended up doing it. But I always wanted to be, like, a pilot. I thought that was cool. So I was just talking to him about, like, the planes and the jets and how, like, cool it was and stuff. And I got some information just because I wanted to read on it. That that a recruiter nonstop called my house until my dad had to, like, scream at him to stop calling or, like, threaten him. Yeah. It was so aggressive. And this film really touches on how aggressive the recruitment is for the military, almost like you have to in order to be like, even though in the film you have to join to be a citizen, it almost feels like you're not like a real citizen or doing what you should be doing for uh, your country if you're not joining the military. The, yeah, the choice to use the word citizen is really interesting because I don't know if they're implying that you're not like a u.s citizen if you're not a part of the military because the word civilian doesn't imply that you can't like his parents it's not like his parents weren't u.s citizens but it's like they're using this purposely this word that feels like a thing you need to have like well, citizenship you know oh well in the film it says once that like you have to be a citizen to vote or you have to be a citizen to run for public office okay so uh, that is that, stated that so like sense. i don't under really i don't understand it but I know at different parts of the film, they did say you have in order because oh, when they were in the shower, the one girl was like, oh, why do you want to be here? And she's like, well, I want to run for public office and you have to be a citizen. And uh, then they were talking about voting stuff and like citizen rights versus civilian rights. And it was interesting. They didn't touch on it a lot, but there was like a couple subtle things that you would have missed if, you know, just kind of brushed over. How about that shower scene, buddy? So many butts. There were butts Utah's on butts everywhere. Butts on butts on butts, man. Verhoeven does not shy away from the butts. What a what a scene to watch when you're a young man. I don't remember. I don't even. I don't know if like I'm sure when I was six, I thought that was cool as hell. But like, I didn't remember that scene. Now I saw it. I was like, I was like, what is that? Why is there so many butts? So many butts. I, I remember the first time I watched it because my parents were in the other room and they heard me go "Auga," and then they <laughs> ran into the room and my jaw was on the floor and my tongue had rolled out. Yeah, <laughs> and my yeah. eyes had popped out of my head. Um, no, so I think yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense because uh, because it would be a very kind of fascist thing to be like you know if the U.S. said, "Here's the deal: you can only vote moving forward if you've served in the military." You can only serve public office if you've been in the military. Um, it is a way to strong arm people into joining, you know, yep. combat and stuff. So I just found this interesting. I probably should have done a little more reading before we started the record, but I'm definitely going to read about this after the fact. Uh, I knew that the movie was based on a book um, from 1959, I believe. Here. Interesting. Um, yes, 1959. Um, however, I was curious, like, does the book make the same points or kind of what's the deal? And largely the book, uh, has been cited as being militaristic and fascist and, um, has some sketchy stuff about, uh, race and gender in it. So I do think, you know, without reading too much forward, um, again, and I apologize, I should have looked into this a little bit before we recorded, but I do want to give credit to Verhoeven and um, whoever the script writers were, which again, I should know. Give me a minute. Um, John uh, Edward Neumeyer. Um, credit where credit's due for taking a source material that is allegedly 
um, you know, militaristic and fascist and all of these things and kind of flipping it on its head yeah. and using that source material to create something that, that explicitly goes against those themes. Um, yeah, I don't know, like the second half of them. So all I feel like all of that satire is kind of like mostly in the first half of the film. And then the second half of the film, the reason it feels so different to me is that it is just kind of straight up sci-fi action i don't know that there's a lot of like commentary on what it means to be in the military um or like what it means to when at the end of the film when they pull out the bug brain the brain bug and they're like zim zim pulled out the bug brain and all that kind of thing uh based on rico's reaction and stuff i did kind of feel like there was this feeling of like somebody else getting rico's credit mm -hmm. Uh, like you know like somebody else like it's it's it kind of just tells me that like it's always a competition it's not fair you know you're never going to get cited for the things that you did right or wrong so the funny part about that is, is zim was the drill but instructor from uh when rico went to basic and in order for zim to get into uh, the war he had to get downgraded to private and so that's why I was so confused. Yeah. So then, like, so, uh, so basically, like, Rico started as a as a private, made it all the way up to a lieutenant somehow, like, uh, in like less than six months. Basically, this timeline, if everything adds up, it was only a year from when he was like in school, like academy, also crazy, and then six months. I would assume six months, maybe a year more, um, because that's after the first fight on Clendathu. So maybe it was a little bit more. So you're talking maybe a year. Now he's a lieutenant and the guy that was like helping him get through is now a private and he ends up saluting him. He's like, okay, sir. And it was such a weird moment where I was like, damn, war is crazy out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I messaged you when we were watching it because I had a case of your issue where I was like, it's just this guy in a helmet. And I was like, I couldn't tell. For, so for some reason, I thought the drill instructor was the guy that came out of the military base that was like in hiding when they go to the base and they find all of the dead people oh no okay yeah i see that no that was the general yeah so i i got those two swipes uh mixed up but uh and then at the end of the film it does have this thing of like so even though rico has been kind of um denied his his achievement he's like he takes ironside's role God bless Ironside. We've decided that this is a Michael, Michael Ironside podcast from now on. I love it. Because <laughs> he's in everything we watch. Um, he takes on Ironside's role, and you see him. He's in, like, an ad for recruitment, and he says, uh, come on, you apes, you want to live forever? And he says Ironside's line, and it ends with them just, like, going to war. And it does kind of, so it does kind of end with this idea of, like, war is never ending. You just watch this huge spectacle that you would expect to be you know in any other movie that would be like oh war is over we won you know uh but it just keeps going yeah it's ongoing it's going you know? forever man so i w i guess what do you it's hard because you probably had this memory of this movie as a kid i'm glad we watched it but we did both kind of have a, a little bit of a mixed reaction to it so what do you what's your takeaway from uh from starship troopers I don't know, man. It's tough. I I went into this movie excited to watch it because I had such a good memory of it as a kid. And I was when I picked Starship Troopers, I was so excited to watch this film. 
And then as I was watching it, I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> I was like, this is garbage. Like, I was like, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't give a shit who's dating who. I don't care. And then, like, eventually it started to grow on me again. And I was like, okay, once I got into, like, combat, it's just that first hour of the movie is such a trek to get through. And, like, you're like, you're like, Neil Patrick Harris's character there when he's like the funny guy coming in and then like all of a sudden he's some psychic colonel that's like leading the army. It was just how like like His the time was disappears. Yeah. His character disappears like for the second half of the movie and then when he shows up because they are in different roles they just have to like salute each other and stuff and there's no again I don't know intentional or not but there's just no that character's arc ends the moment that he becomes a military scientist. He has, like, yeah. no personality, you know. I mean, like, they spent so much time making us want to care for these characters and then just completely abandoning it an hour yeah. and five minutes into the film, which is fine. I think I think the second half of the movie is much better than the first. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's not a bad it's not a bad movie by any means. It's a good it's a good film two hours is it's too it's too long it's way too long of a film it does length. not need to be two hours i think if it was cut down to maybe an hour and a half an hour 15 even like yeah. cut off 30 45 minutes of this film it'd probably be a really really good film and it would stand uh, the test of time i just i don't know i mean the prac or the effects were really good i thought it was cool like the movie looked good for it being filmed in 1997 like it looked like the future the bugs were cool um all bugs the, are cool. i mean just the gunfire and everything it was a really nice technically done movie it just didn't sit well with me for whatever reason i don't know i think it's because it's either there was two things that happened i think it was weird because it was my first time i actually went out and saw a movie for the first time in over a year and i was so excited because i was like actually at the movie theaters right before we watched this i watched the new mortal Kombat movie and having that experience of like watching a film when i was a kid and then watching a remake of it in like theaters which is something i love to do is go and watch movies and finally being able to do it again i was so like so right. happy and then I go in and watch a movie that I remember being really good as a kid. And it was like the opposite effect. So I was like in this weird, like gray area of just like, I don't know how to feel right now. I yeah, think it was just the sure. timing of everything was weird for me. And I want to, I do want to talk to you about uh, Mortal Kombat too. I also watched a movie that is in theaters that I, I want to expand the horizons of at the movies a little bit. There was a time where we would talk about maybe if we'd watch something else that week that we would recommend or something so i do want to touch on that um in terms of starship troopers i i i logged this in letterboxd um i said i didn't know it was possible for a movie to be this smart and this dumb at the same time yeah <laughs> which is like it is smart in the dumbest possible like in the broadest sense like this is intro to satire 101 you know verhoven is his stuff is on the nose but i like it it is like cartoonish kind of um and it is there's a sense of humor to it and i enjoy it overall i do think it's a good movie i i enjoyed watching it i think like, i agree with you cut it cut the character stuff out cut like 20 minutes of combat at the end um you know just just really slim this thing out and then i have three things that i think would make this movie better uh and not that I know better than Paul Verhoeven, but I think if I was going to make like a, um, if I was going to remake this, 
there's three things I would do differently. The first thing is when we see the newsreel at the very beginning of the movie from the from the war that that's going on when they first land on the bug planet. I would have that cut like at the end when they're like, all right, like, you know, like we're out. I would have it show that that's being filmed on like a sound stage, and that that's like not a real battle happening, but it is them filming propaganda essentially to make to rile people up to make people like agree with the fact that we're going to war with these yeah that'd be good species um the second thing i would do is when he accidentally gets that officer killed um during their combat training i would straight up have they ask him they're like they, they ask him like why he did it and all this stuff and he's like i wanted to win sir I would have them reward them, reward him for that. Like I would have them reward him for the fact that he was so competitive and wanted to win that this thing happened because that is the mind. I mean, we see the drill instructor before this. He like maims two of his students. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> he like throws a knife into some guy's hand. He breaks someone else's arm. They clearly don't have a problem with their own people being hurt unless it's a PR problem. Hmm. So like, why not have them reward their student who who got somebody killed because he has this I'll do whatever it takes to win attitude. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I agree. And then the last thing that I would do and this is this is the only major change um and this would drastically change the movie. So I'm not saying that this would make a better movie for watching for entertainment purposes, but um if you cut down that combat and you have them land on the planet and like I said earlier they're filming these combat scenes to kind of make people feel like they're um really engaged with the, with the war and what's happening and get them fired up but if they land on the planet and they find out that this species that they're supposedly at war with isn't even adversarial like they're they're just uh it's a species trying to live their life in a species that maybe again like you brought up like we joked about it during the movie we we're like those bugs have oil those bugs have like, oil baby what if what if we found out there was resources on that planet and these, this group of people finds out that they have totally signed up for something like basically policing and execution of a species yep. that doesn't care about their existence at all. And then I do care about the characters because you start to see who accepts that responsibility yep. and who blindly starts to execute, you know, uh, this other race. I think that that would be a, a really interesting and, and thoughtful movie. 100% man. I agree. Um, Those are some really good changes. So interesting stuff. I do recommend it. I think that if you haven't seen it before, I can't tell you that you're going to be like blown away, but I think that I guess I don't know who to recommend it for. Cause I also think that if you saw this as a kid and have nostalgic value attached to it, I also can't say you'll be blown away, but I think if you haven't down memory lane, I think if you haven't watched it at this point in now your life and your mid twenties, the thirties, you're good. Just, just, blow on by it i don't think you need to watch it just uh, just watch this pod just watch this podcast listen to this podcast and you're good to go that's yes. all you need to listen to, listen to us watch us <laughs> watch join us. us we know better than verhoven um no that i agree the the satire is so broad that i don't think anybody no this movie's not going to radicalize anyone who's like 40 years old yeah they're I not think... going to watch this and be like oh my god <laughs> i think if you've already made bad, it I think if you've already made it this far in your life and you haven't seen it, just don't. But if you're like 
like in your formative years, like teenage years, I think it'd be a fun because it was like I made a joke. It was like watching. It was like say it was like Saved by the Bell. Uh, the early years, Saved Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell. The college years, Saved by the Bell goes to space with Starship Troopers. Like they had the whole yeah. cast pretty much just going into space. And I think if you're like like a teenager, I think it'd be a funny film to watch. Um, but I think if you're our age and up, there's no reason to go back and watch this film. I think there's plenty of other films. And this is the first time I've said this. I mean, I haven't really been too critical of films, but I think I should probably start if I, I'm just going to speak my mind because it, yeah. I don't know. I don't think you need to watch it if you ha haven't seen it. I think most people have already seen it at this point. It would be a good, I was thinking the same thing that it would be a good, it is still serves as a good introduction to satire. If you, like you said, if you are kind of in those formative years and you're like figuring out kind of your, your ideologies and, and how you view the world, I do think that it is a helpful film to watch. And on top of it, I do think the second half of the movie succeeds as a, uh, as a good, strong, violent sci-fi action movie. So yeah, you it's could no almost, Robocop. You could almost no start right at an hour and just watch the rest of the movie. I think you'd be fine. Yeah. It's definitely, I think it's probably my least, uh, it's probably at the bottom of my ranking for right now in terms Same. of the movies we've watched. Um, but a good film. It's a Verhoeven film. If you watch Robocop, you can definitely connect the dots. Um, so that being said, Jimmy... Tell me about Mortal Kombat, my man. I will challenge anybody to a Mortal Kombat if you hated this film, is all I'm saying. <laughs> it was such a good movie. It was well done. It, the fight scenes were awesome. The character arcs were great. It received some hate, man. It received a lot of hate, but I think it was from people that didn't. I have been a Mortal Kombat fan since, since I had to start watching the original movie, watching Annihilation playing other video games i have been a mortal kombat fan and i think if you don't understand the actual like lore of mortal kombat then this film might have not sat well with you because they never really i don't want to do too much spoilers because i don't think you've seen it but if not um, although i want to avoid spoilers since that's a fresh movie i want to avoid spoilers because this isn't a film that came out in 1997 it's a film that came out two 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 days ago so i want to be careful on what i say but i think it was really well done and uh i loved it it was gory they uh they put in a lot of like fatalities and stuff they really like spoke to the real reason because of the game it was cool i had a lot is of there any nod to the like did they do the video game thing where they were like fatality yeah and it's like yeah yeah like in like one part he's like kato wins like kato is like kato wins <laughs> and he's like holding this heart and then it was like and then at one point someone else is like flawless victory <laughs> that <laughs> that rules that's like yeah. walking the line between fan service and just being it you was know so, so much and it was like perfectly put in there it wasn't cheesy or like oh it's like we have to do it it was just like in regular conversation they were like flawless victory <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh. that's good. I so here's my question then: as somebody who doesn't have a lot of connection to Mortal Kombat, should I would I still enjoy this? Like, is there still value to watching this? Yeah, so I think like you don't really need to understand much about Mortal Kombat to 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 enjoy this film because it's not like it's basically starting over again. It's yeah. it's a brand new take, so you don't really need to watch the original and Annihilation to understand it. It's just a brand new take on it. And they're planning to make three more films after this. So this is just the foundation of it. So I think it was 
pretty well done to start a new franchise off. Interesting. The Mortal Kombat Extended Universe. Which I'm, I even told Bird afterwards, I was like, I would give up every single Marvel movie that's planned for one more Mortal Kombat film. I don't blame you. I'd give up those Marvel movies for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, maybe we'll do an episode. Maybe we'll do a Scorsese, an episode in honor of Scorsese. When, when Scorsese passes away, we'll do an episode about <laughs> our least favorite Marvel movies um, or superhero movies. I saw, I rented last night, um, they do the theater at home thing. I rented Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Um, oh, I wanted, I saw the poster for it. I want to see that. It is fun. Here's, I'll start off by saying, overall, I enjoyed myself. And Bob Odenkirk is hard not to like. I've, I've enjoyed watching Bob Odenkirk since Mr. Show, um, which is a sketch comedy show from HBO in the 90s with David Cross and I think he's a funny guy and and i have not personally watched better call saul but i know that's where a lot of people do know him from and i understand that he's great in that um so it is it is hard for me to not enjoy his performance and just seeing him movie is written by one of the same writers as the john wick trilogy and it is a little frustrating that it not only is it like comparable to john wick but it does straight up steal some story elements from it like straight up just lifts some story elements from the first film, um, which I guess you can do if you wrote the first John Wick, like if you wrote the John Wick movies, I guess you can't really steal from yourself, but it is a little bit of a retread. My biggest complaint would be that it, there was literally a needle drop, like, uh, you know, where they input in place, like a, like a song. That's not a score. Like they put in a song over top of, there'll be a slow-mo shootout and you'll see people dying in slow motion and then they'll put in like what a wonderful world by louis armstrong or something to make it like ironic and like literally every 10 minutes oh, every 10 minutes that's like, like a slow motion yeah that's like a it trick like that you can you, do once not like use it throughout the if you film. take a drink if you take a drink every time they do it you will be wasted by the time the movie's <laughs> over um which is so that was like frustrating to me like by the end of the movie i was like pretty over it but if you're going for just over the top action sequences, you're gonna you're gonna have a good time. It's hard not yeah. to like those. They're well done, definitely. Bob Odenkirk's good. Wish the cast was a little better utilized. They have Riza in this movie, and they have Christopher Lloyd and Michael Ironside, and they don't really utilize Ironside. Michael Ironside. Ironside doesn't do anything. Ironside owns the business that Bob Odenkirk works at, and that's all he does. Ironside no, does everything. Older. Ironside does everything. I'm not, ex <laughs> I'm not expecting him to get an action sequence, but like, he does nothing. He's unrecognizable. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, overall, though, like, you know what you're getting into with that movie, and if that's what you want to see, you're going to have a good time. So I would like to recommend one last thing before we sign off. Um... I would say that if you're going to only rent one movie this weekend, skip nobody. I watched the 1981 Brian De Palma film Blowout with John Travolta and Nancy Allen. It's available for rent on YouTube. It's $3.99. I thought that I wasn't a De Palma guy because I watched Body Double a few weeks ago and didn't love it the way other people do. This movie is a masterwork. It's so good. Uh, premise is just that uh, John Travolta is a sound man who works for cheap horror movies. He goes out and records wind or records bird sounds, whatever he needs, sound effects guy. And he accidentally records um, a political assassination, uh, like the sound of it, and he witnesses it. 
he rescues Nancy Allen, who was in the car when it happened. And then there's this cover up and there's this political party trying to cover up. Um, I shouldn't say that there's a there's an entity trying to cover up the fact that this is a political assassination. And so he goes on this mission to the photographs and get the film of the accident and match it up with his uh, little sound clip and to prove to people that there was a gunshot and that it was an assassination because everyone is saying that it was an accident. Wow. And it's just a great movie about, it's a great thriller and it's a great movie about uh, conspiracy and super fun to watch. Um, couldn't recommend it more highly. So right blow out, watch that movie. Nice. Dude. We reviewed four movies today. Speed run. That was a good Speed one. Run. That's all I have, my friend. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for watching at the movies. If you'd like, um, you can join us on Patreon. We have a new $3 tier that will allow you to watch the movies with us um, in real time. So we sync these up. I think going forward, Jimmy and I have to talk about this after the show, but um, I think we're probably might just switch these to Saturday nights because it felt pretty good yeah. watching the movie on a Saturday night. Um, I like so, it a lot better. That being said, we watch movies on Saturday nights, um, and we would love to have you join us. You can kind of get our reactions in real time, and you can interact with us while we watch the movies. Um, and lots of other cool stuff. So check us out on Patreon. Check us out on our socials. If you haven't, please like and subscribe to the video. Um, we hope you've been enjoying the show. And, and next week, we're going to be back with the big Lebowski. So going to be a good one. Make sure you tune in for that. And until then, remember, the only good YouTuber is a dead YouTuber. <laughs>